Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt and taxes and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, with a love of fantasy books and funk, and a hatred of running more than three miles, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends. This is Dave Denniston coming back to you with a brand new podcast. Welcome to the first episode of season seven, where I am really going to be talking much more so about financial planning concepts and uh, all kinds of, of great, great things. This is just the start. And what um, we're going to start out with here, I have about 13 audio recordings that were originally videos. And so we've stripped the audio portion out of the videos. And I will confess to you, these were done like 12 years ago. <laughs> so these were recorded a long time ago. Many of these are timeless principles. Some of these, um, my thoughts have evolved since the time of these recordings. So these are going to be at a particular point in time, kind of what I was thinking, how I went about it. This um, first episode that we're having today, in just a moment, is about selecting a financial advisor. And so in there, I talk about a lot of the questions to think about and ponder. Obviously, this is what I do, and I have some of my thoughts. Um, if someone has some other thoughts uh, in terms of how they go about the process today, um, definitely let me know what you're thinking, how you went about it, and I would appreciate hearing from you. Well, with no further ado, here is the first episode that, again, we are rerunning here on how to select a financial advisor. I'm Dave Denniston with the Capital Advisor Group. Welcome to our first series, Financial Planning 101, How to Select a Financial Advisor. Making a decision of working with a financial advisor is a real important one and should not be taken lightly. Some folks find that they are much better off managing their investment themselves. But you know, most people enjoy working with someone that's honest and ethical and has their best interests at heart. In this video today, we'll discuss five topics that you should make sure to cover anytime you're looking at selecting a financial advisor. I've been in this business now for over 10 years, and I've seen a lot and done a lot, but I've found that trust is the key to great relationships with clients. And I feel that it's best exemplified through consistent communication, honesty, and integrity. At some point, it takes a leap of faith that this person is going to show you their great qualities over time. <clears throat> so here today, we're going to go over some pointed questions that you can ask and some research that you can do well ahead of time to help you make the best informed decision possible. First, ask about the structures of the companies that they associate themselves with. Now, number one thing you want to start asking about is ask about those associations of those companies. So find out about their corporate structure. 
are they an independent financial advisory firm or are they owned by a bigger firm typically this could be an insurance company it could be a big brokerage firm it could be any number of different possibilities if they are associated with an investment bank or insurance company what are some conflicts of interest that may be happening due to those relationships that they have well for example will the investment bank or insurance company give them higher compensation for selling a certain product and you know for investors this used to be really easy to tell for example Merrill Lynch would sell Merrill Lynch mutual funds however they've gotten a lot more complicated lately you can take a look at example like Ameriprise they used to have American Express mutual funds well now they've rebranded it so that their proprietary mutual funds have been Columbia and River Source. So the names of some of the proprietary products may not be the same as the name of the company as it used to be. And check this out. This is where it gets even a little harder to understand. Some broker dealers may not directly own the mutual funds. They may have special arrangements where they get better compensation and fringe benefits. Back when I was at Edward Jones, they had six particular mutual fund families that they would do business with. Their preferred funds, American Funds, Goldman Sachs, Franklin Templeton, Van Kampen, and so on. Now next, and this is a really good one, get a feel for the kind of clients that they work with. Consider asking them questions like, what is your ideal client? How many clients do you work with? How many clients do you want to work with? There's only a certain level of service that I can stretch myself out of before I find that I'm too maxed out. As such, my colleagues and I have established minimums for ourselves in order to not take on too many clients. So make sure to ask if someone has an account minimum, what is it, what do they make exceptions for? Also, think of asking for a list of references, maybe two or three clients of people that they work with that they think are similar to your situation. Now next, this is really great. You can do some research on their background through the internet. You know how you can go to Carfax and get the history of the cars? Well, it's just like that in the financial services industry. Through this website, you can find out questions like, have they had any bankruptcies? Have they had any client complaints? Where are they licensed? Can they do business with me? You'll find out if they've had any past criminal records. There's lots of great information on the FINRA website. And now, a commercial break. Well, my friends, you have probably heard I am now a completely independent financial advisor. And, and as the time that uh, I, I am recording this, the stock market is down. Now, there's a lot of question in terms of where is the market going? Where should I be investing my money? There's no better time than now to get a review of your portfolio and make sure that you are set up properly. As a matter of fact, tax season is around the corner too. Maybe you're looking for some tax, tax strategies and hints and you want someone to talk it over with besides your CPA. Feel free to give my assistant Kyla a call at 612 284-2409 to set up a free 30-minute strategy session with me.
Again, call 612-284-209 to set up a free 30-minute strategy session with me. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. And now, back to the show. Now, fourth, ask about compensation. How do they get paid? Obviously, this is not a non-for-profit business. People are in this business to make money, and they should get paid for the services that they're providing. And there are three primary different ways that we work with clients. There are three basic models, commission, assets under management, and hourly or flat fee. First, let's talk about commission. Commission is transaction-based. What this means is that the advisor is getting compensated anytime there's a transaction. So if you're buying a stock or a bond or you're buying an annuity or a real estate program, these kind of questions can come up. And this fee can range anywhere from 4% to 7%, possibly 8 depending upon the kind of investment that's being made. Now, in my opinion, a commission strategy can work really well with a buy and hold. If you're not going to be selling things often, you're going to hold on to it for 5, 10 years, commission can be a great way to go. Some common examples of commission include load mutual funds, annuities, insurance products, and real estate investments. Some advisors call this compensation getting paid directly through the company. Reality is it is coming out of your money one way or the other. Meanwhile, assets under management is a lot different. The advisor is getting paid, well, based off of the amount of assets that they are managing. And the fees here can range significantly. They can be as low as a quarter percent or half a percent, all the way up to two or two and a half percent. It all depends upon the amount of assets that they are managing. And naturally, most advisors tend to lower the fee as they manage more and more assets with a given client. In the assets under management strategy, the advisor is paid to want to have the assets increase, but not to decrease. Because their pay increases as the assets go up, but it also decreases as assets go down. And lastly, in terms of fee structures, we have hourly or flat fee. Here, the advisor is getting paid on an hourly or flat fee basis, depending upon the amount of work they're going to do. So the advisor would be choosing to charge a nominal amount, depending upon the workload, how much time it will take, as well as what their minimum fees are. Also in this scenario, make sure to understand is the advisor going to manage the assets or are you? It can differ depending upon the advisor. Now also in regards to these various services, keep in mind that financial plans may be charged in combination or separately from the services that they're offering. Now lastly, I think this is one of the most important things. Understand their personality. Is there going to be a personality fit? Get to know them a bit. Can you relate to this person? And feel free to ask some questions. Treat it like an interview. What would other clients say is their greatest strength, their greatest weakness? What would their staff say is their greatest strength, their greatest weakness? And I think this is a good one. I've heard that Warren Buffett often gauges how a person 
would treat his clients by how they treat their staff. We've talked about the five areas to ask any financial advisor, from their company to their affiliations, to asking about their clients, to doing even some research on their background. Finally, to compensation and to understanding them better. We'll continue the next Financial Planning 101 by talking about the importance of a meeting with a financial advisor when you're meeting with them for the first time, as well as what you should bring and even what you should expect. Also, we'll discuss the importance of financial plans and of goal setting. Of course, feel free to give me a call if you have any questions or if you'd like your own portfolio review or getting together your own financial plan. For Capital Advisory Group, this is Dave Denniston. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we are not appropriately registered or excluded from registration. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.daviddeniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.